Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. It's uh, it's been a minute since since I've done this, but uh, for the first episode back, I got some uh, I'll say big dogs in the house. Um, Joe Macy and Jeff Gallo. Yeah, How we doing, right. fellas? How are we, brother? We're doing good. We're doing good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How you guys doing? We good. Guys got Thank going you on for right having now. us. First and foremost, bro. Thank you for real. All I gotta say is I'm doing lovely, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. I, I, well, I told Joe, Jeff, I'm I'm glad you're doing this too because I reached out to Joe. I wanted Joe on. Obviously, Joe uh, commented on your IG, and I told him he had to watch his mouth because you know he he gets out of pocket. Yeah, I'm mincing me, bro. This is for Jeff, obviously. I'm just the one that's the connect. I see how it is. Bro. No, I no. Like, I was like, Yo, Joe, is, is Buddy trying to start a fight with you? I was like, okay, let's <laughs> get it on it. <laughs> Yo, have you said that to him? Have you told him to watch your mouth joke? No, I, I, I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't no, said no, that. No. I'm still cool with that. <laughs> yeah, but all yeah, I gotta dude. say is watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, no. Oh, okay, yo, no. Bro, I'm sorry, but uh, can I use uh, can I curse in here or not? Yeah, do your thing. I swear oh, all the time. People yeah, tell me, hey, yo, I, yeah, I do all the time. People don't really like it. They say it's distasteful, but I mean that's just that's just that's how, just how we that's just how we are when we're talking with the boys. Listen. Like I like I said, this the the vibe of this is we're we're hanging out, drinking some beers, chilling, like just Salud. doing our thing. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah, man. yeah. And Joe, actually, watch your mouth because this. Listen, <laughs> I wanted you on this. I wanted you. I wanted you a part of this as well. This wasn't just like a oh a plug talk. Like get your boy on and then see you later. Fair, <laughs> fair. But you know you got to come correct when you talk to me. So watch your tone a little bit, sir. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get it started. Joe, start with you. So for people that are listening, or if anyone is listening, I don't know if people will, but if they don't, who cares? Um, who Who's Joe Macy? Like, who are you? Where are you from? What are, what are you all about? Huh, who is Joe Macy? That's a great question. Joe Macy. Joe Macy is a humble, respectful young man that is a proud member of the famous Bills Mafia. <laughs> I am born and raised in the beautiful city of Buffalo, New York. A uh, quick description of me is what most people from Buffalo are, a blue-collar, humble, hardworking young man. I am a person who treats others very respectfully and treats everyone like family. I was raised in a blue-collar family with one older brother. I was uh, the baby of the family, hence where the nickname Baby Joe Macy came from. Uh, but most people, or at least mo- pe- most people, I would like to think describe me as a down-to-earth, smiling, positive person. Hmm. See, if I didn't know you, I'd definitely be like, you just read that shit, but I know, I know that's how you are. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a fact that described me perfectly. How about that? Okay, let's go. That works. Okay. Who is Jeff? Man? Okay. First of all, my, my real name is Jeff, is Jeff, but so watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. But, uh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to freestyle everything with Jeff. Jeff, what is, um, First of all, I, I was I, I was born in the Congo Brazzaville, you know, moved to Paris uh, when I was four years old and moved to Canada, stayed there for like three years. And somehow we ended up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Jeff is, I would say, um, man, I, I'm just a guy that 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 grinds every day. And I and I, I just try to hustle, just trying to make a better living for myself and for for my uh, my young one. I, I got a child now, you know, so that's that's who I'm doing everything for. Um, how old, if you don't mind me asking, how old is uh, your kid? Oh, my son is uh, one years old. 
Okay, I respect future that. Wor- future world champion, bro. He's already got him in the gym, one years old. How already, we doing? Already hitting the bags and all of that. Yep, How we right. doing? I I love that. I see. I my mom had me when she was young, so I respect I respect that. That's that's no joke either. Having a kid when you're young and then they and always putting them first and stuff. No, that's awesome. Yo, um, especially especially I gotta carry him to to the gym and all of that. You know, I gotta get off of work, pick him up at daycare. Hey, buddy, we straight to the gym we go. Amen. So what is before we get into it? Like you know, the background of both of you guys, boxing, how you got into it, all that stuff. What is, what is, just because I'm always curious from all the places I've traveled and stuff, what is the biggest difference, if you remember, from when you were a kid growing up and then coming to America? Oh, man, the, the biggest difference, uh, like actually be, being in America or it's just, just uh, traveling-wise? Uh, we'll say, we'll say being in America, like actually living here, because obviously like living in a place is way different than just like traveling for a little bit. Exactly. Oh man, I actually, like living here, I would say like, uh, the, the one thing I love about being here is just the freedom and the, the opportunity that, that everyone has in here. Like compared to, to like other countries, especially like all third world countries, uh, it's, it's a huge, a huge difference, I would say. Yeah. For sure. So you guys both box. Um, I don't really know. I don't know that one. I don't know that much about boxing. I just like watching it because I, the way I look at it, which I've heard multiple people say this and it sounds cliche, but it's like that. I mean, I'm not even saying this right. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but that like animalistic, like dog is in everyone. It's obviously like biology. Is that like a big reason why you both got into boxing or like, what was the whole like, reason you guys got into boxing well to be honest if you go to a boxing club a lot of boxers can relate in some sorts because they've been if you ask a lot of them they've been fighting uh their whole life whether if it's mentally something physically if it's something at home it's just something they got some sort of fight in them so uh, what brought me into the gym was just uh, I did it for weight loss purposes and uh I started boxing that way ended up finding out it was uh it was, I always had the passion for boxing and I always wanted to box and just be around it. I was always a student of the game because of my, uh, my cousin was a world champion. So I was always going to his fights as a little kid. And I know Jeff, uh, Jeff was like born right into boxing. Yeah. I want to say yeah. boxing straight Came out here. the womb. <laughs> here, I'm not telling. Okay. Uh, let me tell you what got me into boxing. Um, okay. I, I used to watch like boxing videos when, when, when I was a kid and then, um, I was like, yo, how does it feel to actually punch somebody and actually receiving a hit? I wouldn't mind trying that. And then the main reason why that got me into boxing is uh, I want to be able to protect myself because I used to live, uh, you know, how would they say in the kettle? In the trenches, bro. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was deep down in the trenches, bro. So, Amen, bro. you know, like every like every day, even like from walking to school, waiting to the bus stop, you know, kids would, would test you, you know. And especially kids that that – that are in gangs and all of that. So I was like, you know what? I, I got to learn how to protect myself, you know, just in case if, uh, if uh, a group of guys or even one trying to press me or anything or even trying to bully me. Mostly, mostly it's definitely because of, uh, of bullying. Because I, I was so skinny, bro. I was so skinny and scrawny. And every, everyone thought, thought that, you know, they could, they could get the best of me. But I got, I got into boxing and all you know, all of that changed. Everyone just started respecting me more, you know. Um, I, I, I like back Back in school, I, I was like the, the one kid that that wouldn't say anything. I, I was the quiet kid. 
So yeah, boxing definitely gave me like a, a lot of confidence, you know. That's uh, to be honest, truly why I got into boxing. Besides the weight loss purposes, uh, when I was a kid, you know how when you always say, "Oh, my father's gonna beat your dad's ass" or whatever, or my mom's gonna do this. I always felt safe around my father, so I always wanted to, when I get older, make sure everyone feels safe around me. No matter if I go out, say there's no no guns or anything, you know, a hand-to-hand combat situation, they're safe around me. No one's got anything to worry about if there's no knives or anything. We're not looking for fights. We never look for fights. We're, what I pride myself in, and I know Jeff prides himself in, I always say, is I'm the least confrontational person, but it's the last person you want in the confrontation. That's right. <laughs> no, not really. That's 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 some real talk right there. No, what's funny about that is uh, the UFC fighter Israel Adesanya. He said I was listening to a podcast with him. Um, I want to say it was like the Diary of CEO. There's this guy Steve. I don't know his last name, but he he was interviewing uh, Izzy, and Izzy said the same thing. He said he was always the quiet kid. He said that. Um, he didn't, I don't remember if he necessarily said that he was doing it to protect himself in the environment that he was in. He said, I'm pretty sure he said it was more so like a, like, uh, on the, like the line of like racism. Like he, when he went to school, a lot of kids were like racist towards him. And a lot of kids like always thought that they could mess with him. Cause he was always like the skinniest dude and like the quiet kid. And he said that he, I'm not, I don't want to quote him obviously, but I'm pretty sure he said he either got into a fight or something similar to what you were saying, where he's just like, nah, like, I got to always make sure that, like, no one's fucking with me. And I got to make sure that if I do get in a situation like that, I always know how to handle myself. Exactly. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Which leads me into the next thing, because I know I've talked to Joe about this all the time, because you know how it goes. Like, everyone thinks they're a tough guy. Everyone is always like, oh, I swear I'd fuck that person up. I do this. I do that. But when push comes to shove, like, the first time I met you, Jeff, I was always like, all right, if I approach you on the street, what am I doing? And you're like, I'm going right for the core. And then you're like, I already could tell that you you don't got your hands up right. Joe said the same thing to me. Exactly. Um, what, like, what? It's, it's the quiet ones you got to be careful of, bro. The ones that are loud mouths can never really fight. If they're looking for something, that I mean, shame on them. And that, that, should be your first, that should be your first sign of, like, an example of that person doesn't know how to fight. Anyone that's looking for it and this and that, right. it's like, bro, come on. No, the quiet kid in the corner. He knows how to throw hands because he doesn't have to throw hands in a bar. He'll go to the gym and he'll spar. Mm-hmm. He gets his sparring out of the way and he does everything. You get your anger out through the bag. Exactly. Even if you're not mad, you could just go there and blow. Like, it's just a great workout, bro. It's just mentally, physically. It's like if you go to the gym and how you feel after you go to the gym, after you sweat, it's just, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, 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 I'll call a boxing gym like, like. My therapy, bro. Is that's that's it's my therapy. It's a second home. It's, it's a second home. You it's develop like... brothers and sisters with everyone in there because mm-hmm. you could all relate somehow. Oh no, that's facts. That no, that's that that's facts. That's how like the gym is for me. Like I gotta do like if I don't sweat in some way, shape, or form. Like I'm not talking about me running marathons, lifting crazy weights, but if I don't sweat in some way, shape, or form, I feel like a huge piece of shit. I hear and it like drives me it drives me crazy exactly and then you get in a rut for a while and you could go downhill so quick yeah it, it's yeah. so hard to get it going but it's 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 so easy to go down the wrong path it's so easy bro i and, and another thing to point off of this if you see jeff and i out in public i guarantee you we're the two most smiling people oh is that the literally so Always. those are the people that you know like those are bad, bad people because they're calm under pressure, and that's what you need in boxing too. You need to be calm under pressure. That's well, the rule in boxing. Yeah, uh, 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 an angry fighter is the worst fighter. <laughs> First of all, uh, if 
you're angry, you 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 you're gonna want to throw like like haymakers and hey, guess what? If you miss a haymaker, it takes a whole lot of a whole lot of energy. energy. Oh my god, yeah, you're only going maybe one or two rounds. <laughs> and two if, rounds if you're going here. more than that, I want I want you're probably EPL or something like TJ Dillashaw out here. Like you're doing something for your cardio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's like that leads me in the next thing. I remember so like um I heard Rogan I heard Rogan talk about I actually sent this Joe I sent this clip to you the other day on uh, Instagram, but. I heard it was like a podcast clip that was on Instagram and Rogan was saying how in fighting, whether it is boxing or it's MMA, regardless of whatever it is, because both are different. But he was saying just in general, like general fighting, he was saying that you can't you can't rely on your like your athleticism. I mean, you can, but you can't really. And then he was also saying how. Um, you can't underestimate a fighter and you can't be jealous of someone's skills because you may eventually have to fight that person and you can never have your ego underestimate them because they could seriously fucking hurt you and they could potentially like kill you that way. And the best approach to take with fighting is like to like kill your ego and be like, damn, that dude's better than me. I need to get to work because if I have to face him, he's a bad dude. Is that like like a standard approach to fighting or is that just like Rogan's like strict opinion? Obviously he's not here to talk about it himself, but like from you, from like an outsider's perspective, like, can you both relate to that? Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, once you go into a body and any sort of martial arts, whether it's jujitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, any sort of MMA, um, you got to put your ego at the door because you cannot bullshit in this. Like no matter what you're going to get checked. I mean, like you're like, you just you can't act like you're something more than you because no matter what when push comes to shove all the bullshit that you said before it's it's gonna come out right there because when someone punches you in the face it's totally different bro as mike said yeah yo actually check check this out okay here's the funny thing i used to train at, at this boxing gym called the uh the west side west side boxing Woo! Right? yeah i heard Let's stories see. from there bro <laughs> If you've been in a boxing game for uh, uh in Buffalo, you know like back then and uh like let's say in twenty was it like 2010, 2015, how the West Side was. So we would have like guys from the streets, right? I, I'm telling you, like thug thug out guys fresh out of the jail, thinking that oh, yo bro, I've I've been fighting like my whole life. I I do uh street fights, and then they they I I, I can tell you I fought like about like a new guy will come in every single week, right, trying to test the boxer. And I will be the guy that there was sense to to spar. And mind you, I'm I'm only like what like 15 by that time, 15 or 16 years old. How much you weighing too? Oh, bro, I was I was like I was like 126, bro. I kid you not, 126. But but guess what? I was faster than motherfucker. Uh, so uh, um, this this comes a sweet science. That's what boxing comes a sweet science. Yeah, you can't fight with anger. You can't be a thug or anything. Yo, check this out. This this guy right said uh he came with his uh with his uh his PO. What is it? PO? CO. CO. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause, cause like, I guess like he was, a, uh, he was a troublemaker. He had like anger management. So, uh, he wants to try out boxing. So the guy Actually, was, yeah. PO. Probation officer. Probation officer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got to PO. So, so he came in there with him and then, um, um, he said he wants to join boxing and then he said, but before he joined, he would, he wanted cause he, he has so many street fights. He could he could knock out a boxer out. So my trainer was like, "Are you sure about that?" He was like, "Yeah, I, I gear up right now." At first, he was like, "I'm, I'm not wearing a headgear." He was like, "I'm not I'm not wearing a headgear." So we had to force him. Actually, uh, we forced him to, to to wear a headgear. And the first round, we, we got in there. You know, he's throwing wild shots. I kid you not. He didn't even let not one punch. 
So what I was doing the whole time, uh, I was just moving around. I was just, I was studying the guy. And before the first round, what I do is I, I like to to see what what the guy has. If he has a strong jab, or um, he has like great leg movements. So I was just studying him, right? So the second round, my coach was like, "Okay, you, you know what to do." And I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Get him out of there." And <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all it. You to hear. <laughs> that's how you need to hear. So he threw this this weird jab hook. I just went went under it and. With, with the with the overhand and I just dropped him right right then and there. Good night, one Jim hit. Kite. Jim one hit. Kite. <laughs> one hit. I, 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 I was like one twenty six. He was like about like one seventy or some shit, bro. Size, yo, bro. Size. Doesn't I'm telling matter, you, cash doesn't boxing. matter. It really doesn't. It comes down to the sweet science, bro. It really does. Well, it's funny about you saying that is I have always I don't I started saying it when I was in college, like obviously like when McGregor was taking over the UFC um, boxing, which we'll get into in a little bit about like the decline of boxing. Um, I don't know if that's just my opinion, but um, I I don't know what it was, but like when it was like people were wearing like the tap out shirts back in the day. Oh, my God. Those are the hard ass. Yes, that's yes. Yes. and then Just McGregor because you don't wear the gear don't make you fucking special bro uh, and then oh, and then McGregor and then McGregor like the rise of McGregor and how polarizing he is all that right and then like you know you know how it is like our one buddy went to um a UFC fight and saw McGregor like actually fight and he was saying how it was the most like and I've heard he said it was the craziest thing he's ever been to and he said after every fight like prelims everything he said your adrenaline's through the roof and you're like all right like I need to go like work out. I need to go do something. And then I remember listening to um, a podcast Dana White was on. And he was saying when he was building the UFC that like there's nothing like being being around a like legitimate fight, whether it's boxing, whether because Dana White first learned the business of fighting through boxing. Yeah, that's um, right. With uh, through Peter Welch in Boston, who's like a very well-known person. And when I was living in Boston, like he was very big there, like. There, you'd see like cars riding around with like the Peter Welch boxing like all over it and stuff. Um, but anyways, Dana White was saying that he knew MMA would be big because of like the energy behind it. And I don't know when it dawned on me, but I was just like, yo, so many people are into it nowadays. I you never know who knows what. So like, I'm not like me personally. I'm talking like I am never getting in an altercation with someone that I don't actually like know through and through because. You were 126, that dude was 180, and you put him to sleep. I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> well, shit, nowadays, you don't, you shouldn't start a confrontation with anyone because the oh, world yeah. we live in now, oh, dude, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's not just you're not going to fight and square off and that's that, and you squash the beef. You don't know what's going to be pulled on you, so you should never look for a fight. That's the reason why we box is just for self-defense purposes. You never look for it. That goes back to that. Mm-hmm. See that video of uh, the Oklahoma football players that got their asses beat oh, in the bathroom? Bro, that just showed. I, I always tell people too, like you could be an athlete, and like people will think, oh, I could do this and I could do that and I could box. It doesn't matter if you're the biggest athlete. There's there, there comes a point in time where you could either throw or you can't. You could teach so much, and it's like you got to know some stuff and you got to study it a little bit, and like even the like. The most athletic people I know, some of the most athletic people I know can't even throw. It's it's just really weird. You just got to be like, you got to have some sort of part in you that knows how to throw. It's just weird. It's it's hard to explain. Well, that leads me into the next thing. Like what? Okay. So you guys, you guys work out at the same gym together. You guys are like the, the Allen and Diggs of your gym. 
Yes, sir. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, sir. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs here. How are we doing of the boxing? Yo, so you got – okay, so you have um, you have someone that comes into the gym looking to just, like, work out and stuff. What, like, how do you – how do I want to ask this? Like, someone says they want to box. You guys try to talk them out of it, or are you like, yeah, like, let's go? Like, what – like, how do you – like, how does – all into it. We talking into talk it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, there's nothing bad that will come out of boxing. Like you step foot in the gym, and I promise you. Like I always tell people, the first time that they come into the gym, that themselves leaving the gym for the first day would knock out themselves before they went to the gym. So if I went into the gym and I had no boxing experience, and just say I just do one day of boxing and I learn how to catch a jab, throw a jab, you know, slip, slip, just little things, I bet you that the, that the person I was leaving the gym for the first day would knock out myself before I went into the gym. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So any 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 boxing classes you take, you're going to be a better person. So like step foot in a boxing room, anything, any sort of MMA, but there's nothing like sharpening your hands up like a boxer. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I, also, I, I would say the same thing, but I, also like you never know what, what a person is going through. So I'm yeah. telling you, like boxing is definitely like a, a stress reliever because like a person might, might come into gym and uh, hit the bags here and there. And by the time he walks out of there, he's going to feel like a whole 10 times better. Like, wow, I can't believe this. This actually solved what what I was going through. Because that, that's what uh, a couple a couple of my friends, they came in here. They tried they try boxing. Like, yo, bro, I, I got to keep doing this because it's actually helped me out in, in real life, actually. what Why did you guys choose boxing? Like, why did you guys choose boxing over MMA? Is there, like, a major difference? Well, I know there. I know there's a major difference, but I'm saying like in the eyes of like you guys, since you two actually like like amateur fight and like have fought in legit fights and like all that. Okay. Uh, the, the main reason why I will say I would I choose boxing because like uh, every fight starts with what standing up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to be able to 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 take me down for you to to, to ground and pound me, and then I'll be like you. MMA is just too much. You, know, you got to use your elbow and just too much skin contact going on. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I love it, but it's barbaric. It's barbaric to some people, and I could see why it's barbaric, but I love the sport. I'm, I, like, UFC is actually what brought me into boxing. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge UFC fan. I, I started with jujitsu before I even boxed because I always I used to wrestle here and there in high school, and I used to wrestle like my brother's friends and all this, but – uh, I always told myself, if I'm going to learn two things, it better be ground and it better be standing up. And the best way to learn stand up is boxing. I know probably some Muay Thai people are out there like, oh, no, you don't know the leg kicks and this, that. But I will say to them all the time, you go to the UFC and you, you tell me like a boxer that has lost to a Muay Thai guy. It's usually the boxer winning. Like you could see Calvin Cater doing work, Max Holloway, a bunch of these stars are boxers. It's tough to see a, a pure champion as just a Muay Thai guy. Mm-hmm. What isn't, I think McGregor was a boxing guy. I could yeah, be wrong. He, yeah, he, he started off with boxing, boxing and, and he wants to get back into it. I mean, so, 
there's money in boxing. I mean, you, with the UFC, I mean, they have to go through all the sponsorships right, and they right. sign their life away with uh, Now that I think they're with Venom and they can't even get their sponsorships. But in boxing, you could have yeah. different sponsorships on your trunk, get paid that way. You're not cutting the purse to the UFC. You form your own brand. Exactly. Like McGregor did, he formed his own brand, even though he was still with the UFC. He, he was able to make his own brand for boxing. Well, before we get into that, because I don't want to, I don't want to forget, Jeff. Joe was telling me, Joe, and you're gonna have to tell the story. You know what I'm gonna say. He was telling me about uh, the one day he was at the gym. Craziest thing he ever experienced. He said some kid came in. Oh yeah, (laughs) we already know what you're gonna say, bro. It's still the wildest thing I've seen to this day. Before we talk about this, let me say this: the kid is a great person. He's a salt to the earth dude, but he has a couple screws loose. He's one of those people that fights with his head, you know. And this is off of what we said earlier: fighting off of emotions. But yeah, you could continue with the story. Well, he's yeah. So Jeff, he showed me the video of you two sparring, and he said before you even got in the ring with him you're like nah i ain't trying to get hit today and That's... in the video this in you like bobbed and weaved and this dude threw the meanest haymaker yeah. Yeah. and you and you literally just stepped right out of the way and you're like nah Small. i ain't doing this <laughs> yo let me give you some background information on this so i was actually at the gym earlier i got a sparring session in, and then i had to go to work and jeff told me he was going to be sparring later and anytime i like jeff tells me he's going to spar I go there just to study him because this man is really world-class and he's, he's different when I say that. And I truly mean that. And I, I study just like his movements, how he moves, how he punches every, every little movement he does. I study. So when Jeff told me he had to spar someone, I had no idea who he was going to spar, but I was like, okay, I'm going to show up. Mm-hmm. I ended up showing up. And I showed up 10 minutes before Jeff got there. Jeff was running a little late. He had some <laughs> family things going on. And, uh, when I got there, bro, this kid was already laced up with his gloves. He had his groin protector on. Yeah. And this man was, yo, know, he told everyone, I don't need no headgear. I'm going to go in here. And he stood in our ring without headgear on, Wait, waiting for Jeff. And I was like, I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yo, that played a little psychological effect on me. I had to stand up and walk away because I was like, holy cow, this yo. this kid's like, like, like crazy. Yo, let me tell you about, about, about this kid. I know exactly uh, who you're talking about. But uh, uh, the the story behind this kid, like, he's he's like a knockout artist. So that's why I told Joe I am not getting hit by him. I kid you not, you could ask anybody who who, who boxed, who, who's been in the Golden Glove, who who this kid is. I, I won't bring up his name or anything. But they, they, they will tell you exactly who he is. If, if he's showing a video of me sparring him since he's got his headgear out, they'll, they'll tell you. He's a, he's, a, he's a knockout artist. You can see the way he throws too, oh, yeah. just how he conducts himself. Even if you saw him hit the hit the bag a couple times, you could hear it. Oh, yeah. Even though he's not the biggest guy out there, man, this man he throws <laughs> throws with bad intentions. He throws with every shot he's trying to take you out. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just funny because we were chilling and Joe told me the story and he, as he was telling us, he was pacing. <laughs> and then he showed us the video <laughs> and it was just funny because like my hands are sweating right now thinking about it honestly uh, yeah. I, it was it was the craziest thing i've seen <laughs> just some some i never met this kid he's never i was in the gym at the time for probably a good like six months and i never saw someone this was like my first experience of someone just 
basically coming off the streets, but even though he trains at different places, he doesn't train consistently, right. but it seems like he's more of a street fighter or something like that. Right. And he came in the gym and he basically wanted to get suited and booted without headgear. And anyone knows, I mean, put the headgear on. We don't need CTE when we're sparring. Oh, we're yeah. sparring. <laughs> you know, thanks, like, thanks. And yo, he came in, I mean, guns are blazing, ready to go. And I was like, Oh my God, Jeff got there. And Jeff was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get hit today. I said, shit, you better not. Yeah, oh yeah, well, okay. not because one of those might be, you know, a quick night. night. Yeah, <laughs> right into shadow realm real quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for real. Man, I, I, I don't think he, 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 didn't, he they didn't even hit me a couple times. I don't, I don't even think he did. Nah, nah. We, we sparred, we sparred three, uh, like three, three or uh, he quit actually. Hey, yeah, you sparred three rounds, and this goes back to the point we were talking yeah. about. He was gassed out after a round and a half, and then it was Jeff just picking him apart, and he was gonna get out. And uh, like, one more. Jeff, yeah, Jeff fired me up there because yeah. like he was he, he low was key, dead. he was flexing in our gym without the headgear on mm-hmm. and he was standing in the middle of our ring. And when, when Jeff gave him the work for a good three rounds, he was about to get out and Jeff was like, yo, I'll never forget it. Jeff started flexing. He goes, next. And then the kid was getting out and Jeff goes, never mind, bro. Get back in here. No one better. No one I want more than you right now. And he gave him another round. But that kid was so gassed. Yeah, I respect. I respect. Anyone that goes in there, I respect. We'll always respect. But what's it called? He was so gassed out because he was thrown with such bad intentions, bro. And that just shows that. I was smoking. taking my shots, yeah. No, it's just... Yo, it's it's funny because like again, like I haven't watched that much boxing besides like the big like boxing fights and stuff. I mainly watch like UFC fights and like it was funny because I've said to myself like when I've watched a UFC fight and I've seen a crazy knockout, like I I've been like, nah, I'm good. I I never want to do this. Like I'm good. And it was just funny because as he was telling the story, like how you said, nah, I, I ain't getting hit, and then like you backed up and you're like, nah. That is, like, I can't relate to that, but that's, like, what I was thinking in my head, like, watching a UFC fight and seeing someone get cracked like that. I'm like, nah, that ain't, nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> like, I no. know exactly what you're talking about with that left hook. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo that kid threw the meanest left. I think he threw a jab. So Jeff caught the jab. He threw a two right behind it. Jeff locked the two, and Jeff saw him loading up. We I all saw, saw him though. loading up from a mile, and we're like, it. uh-oh, here comes the blow. And he went, he, a classic one, two, three. And Jeff on the three, just a step, step back, back, and he was like, nah, nah, not, nah, today. nah not today. Not today, uh, brother. Try to get me. Uh-huh. Not today. It's going to be a long night if he thinks that. Uh-uh. Does actually protect you? Because they look like pillows wrapped around your face. Well, oh, hell. Headgear? Yeah, head, you, you, what do you say, headgear? Yeah, headgear. Yeah, no, it really does protect you. I mean, I, oh, okay. not, I couldn't tell you how many times I've cracked someone with headgear, and it's like, save them. If it was no headgear, they'd be comatose. Oh yeah. yeah, headgear. Headgear helps you to a certain point. Like my first fight, I'm not gonna lie. My mom, I told my mom hates boxing yeah, and absolutely hates, hates it. Too. And she was, I would always tell my mom, like, don't worry, I'm not gonna get knocked out. Okay. And she was like, what if you do get knocked out? I said, well, hopefully I wake up a better man. That's the way I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, That's what I told her. I was always. She's like, yeah, you're gonna get knocked out. That's that. You know, typical mother stuff. And I was like, Mom, no, don't worry about it. Like, headgear will save you. Headgear does save you to a certain point. But, I mean, like, it depends on where you crack the person. My first amateur fight, I I, I was fighting in headgear, and I actually cracked the dude and knocked him out. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. So headgear <laughs> I mean, headgear helps to a certain point, but, I mean. But it, it depends on what kind of headgear, though. Because, like, yes. uh, like, there's sparring headgears that has, like, a, a like a full-blown case. You know, like, a, what do you call it? Like, like 
the, the strip on, up across the face. Yeah, that's what I, I actually use. I use the Cleto Reyes where uh, it covers your nose piece because, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to have a broken then, nose then, every oh, single listen, day. The heavyweights, you guys need that. Yeah, that's Heavyweights need those. I mean, like, those, no matter what you're – and heavyweights, you're going to feel those cracks oh, no yeah. matter what. But no it's just going to not feel as bad. But the next day, you're going to wake up sore neck, sore body, sore everything. But, yeah, headgear definitely – it helps out to a, to a certain level, I'll say. Doesn't no, get okay. CTE right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see people get cracked with that headgear on, it just like it like turns on their face and everything, and like from afar, like like I said, I don't know shit. So this is just me ignorantly talking. I'm just like, yo, I know that's not doing anything for you, but obviously, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it, we'll say this: it, it, it saves you, it helps you out from getting knocked out. It gives you that extra padding, and you got to think too. We're using probably 18 ounce gloves or 16 ounce gloves on top of the head gear but then when we fight we're using like eight ten or eight, 10 twelve yeah yeah and in a, in a pros mm-hmm. like where there's no no head gear is a gloves not smaller so yeah. you, you feel you, you feel those yeah definitely you'll feel the jab you'll definitely oh, feel yeah. the jab you definitely got to work your neck and stuff out yeah but the head gear saves you it does no that makes sense how is uh and i've always wondered too because you touched on it a little bit but like you see you see you kind of saw it with like i said i don't really watch boxing that much it's more so ufc but like you saw it when McGregor and Floyd were fighting, how McGregor was, like, talking his shit, like, how he usually does, because, like, that's his, like, MO, that's how he gets gets it going. Um, how much of boxing, or even, like, fighting in general, I know, to, this is a stupid question, but I just have to ask it, is, like, how much of it, of it do you have to be, like, emotionally controlled? Because, obviously, when people are talking out of pocket like <laughs> McGregor does, it's so, you have, like, being a human, it's so hard not to get fired up and, like, to get very emotional, how much does like the emotion affect fighting or like for some people, does it, does it work? Like, so, so for uh, the first time I ever stepped foot in the gym, uh, one of my trainers, Hector Alejandro, he, he was telling me about um, the difference between a pro fighter and an amateur fighter. There's two things. There's no wasted movement and always the calm fighter is the better fighter Mm -hmm. so i mean (laughs) when you say emotions and playing with your emotions that's why so many people do try to do the head games because they try to get in their head and just the littlest thing say i get in your head just a little bit that will help me out Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's i've i played i played college baseball I, i i played hockey my whole life there's nothing like boxing it's truly such a mental game as well as physical it's it's crazy yeah, I would say like the the main reason why like most uh, other fighters talk like talk stuff like in in uh, in, in high stages those big stages is, is mainly to sell tickets. I guarantee you, after the fights, they're gonna hug it out. Yes, get their big checks and move on, bro. Yeah, I it's... mean you barely suddenly see people really hate each other. I mean there is real beef out there. Don't oh, yeah. get me wrong, but once you step foot in that ring with someone, you, you share fight? something after the fight. You share something that not a lot of people in this world can say they did. I mean, there's probably only a 0.1% of the people in this world that have the balls to step in the ring. Oh, yeah. So you got to give the respect to that person because oh, you yeah. both are fighting for your life. It's a game. As you were saying earlier, I mean, boxing is a game of chess. And at the same time, it's a game of death. I mean, who's the first person to, like, get knocked out or, or <laughs> get uh, – I'm trying to take your head off. You're, You're trying, trying to, to take, take my head, head off. off. Let's see. Who's, who's calmer? Who could do this? Who could ro- – it comes to science. Mm-hmm. Now, when okay, so when you have two experienced fighters, um, from either like just like what you've seen, or even like even like with yourself, like when you're going against someone that is like competition for you, what do you like? 
what like what's going through your head like what are you looking for like what are you like trying to see are you trying to find like angles and like advantages of where you can sneak in where you can do these things because like obviously at the same time in my opinion i don't think it's like any other sport where like for example like playing lacrosse like if a guy's like d'ing me up and i'm going against him i'm not thinking okay how's he trying to play me i'm thinking I'm going to make my move, and then if that move doesn't happen, I'm either going to move the ball or I'm going to do something else. But I feel like with fighting, you're looking for your shots and your angles, but at the same time, you're also calculating, like, yo, what is he about to do and how am I going to defend it? And it, like, becomes a game of chess in a way, like he was just saying. Well, first off, uh, pause with uh, the lacrosse and the ding up. What did you do? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, 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 fucking, I'm fucking with you. I had to throw that in there. Watch your mouth. Yeah, watch, yo, watch your mouth. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so you threw me off with the ding up. I was going to say pause right away, but you were going too well. So what was the question again? I'm sorry. All right. So what I'm what I, what I'm trying to say here is is like when you're fighting, like for for example, like I have no fight experience. I've never stepped in the ring. Obviously, most people. I've told you this, Joe, many times. Like when we've watched UFC fights, that I guarantee you, most people don't even know what the hell they're watching. And what I mean by that is with fighting, I feel like it's different from any other sport in the sense that, like, say we're playing basketball, right? Like take Steph Curry for example. If Steph Curry's behind the line, behind the three point line. He has the ball on his hip and he jabs steps. I feel like if he sees you react crazy or get off balance, he's pulling up shooting the three. But if he jab steps and then you don't even move, he is probably thinking you're, you know, he's about to shoot the three. So he, that guy's trying to stay there. So I feel like Steph Curry has the advantage of like faking the shot and then going right around you. So when you're fighting, whether it's you, you know, both of you or things that you've seen, like what is like the mental side of what's going through your head when you're fighting? Cause I feel like, Fighting's different than any other sport because you're not you're playing offense, but you're also playing defense at the exact same time. So you're thinking, where, what shots am I about to take? What angles am I about to take? But at the same time, you're thinking like, okay, where is he thinking he's about to hit me from, and how do I defend that? And it becomes one giant like dance slash like chess match. Is that like how it is, or like what is the thought process? Oh yeah, it is one hundred percent. I would say like uh, every fighters have like their their own um, strategies. Like, for me, I would say personally for myself is that, uh, like, the first round, what I would do is say if I'm boxing a guy that we're, we're on, on the same level, right, I, I wouldn't just go out there and just start throwing, like, crazy punches. Now, first round, what, what I would do is I, I, I might just move around for, like, for, like, 30 to 40 seconds without even touching you or or even throwing a jab or anything. So what I, what I would do is I would mostly I would, uh, use, my, use my, my jab, my jab to the body, or faint and and pivot, or I would uh, I would try to I would try to, to to make you throw a certain punch that that I would want you to throw, so I could try to counter that, and I would try to do that for for like a whole round. Say if I'm 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 sparring a guy that that, that I have way more experience than right. What what, what I would do is uh, I would just walk that that fighter down because I'm yes. like okay, yeah. first of all I got way more experience. I already know I, I know which kind of which kind of punches going to throw, or um, say if if I'm I'm boxing a guy that that's faster than me. So w- w- what I would do is I would keep my my hands like 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 up high, up high like like high guard. Mm-hmm. And um, usually w- what I would do is I I would take like like two steps. I would take a step back or two step back, and I would see if if, the, if, if that fighter is, is gonna you know take the same amount of step as me. So you you gotta calculate everything in uh, in your head. You gotta know exactly how far you are from from 
from each four corners and from the ropes. So, like, to go off of that, usually in the first round, I mean, you're going to, like Jeff was saying, if you have someone skillfully in there that's, like, say, skillful, like, more skillful than you or just as good as you, there's you're going to have to measure them out. You're not just going to swing recklessly because you'll get caught. I mean, just like Jeff was saying, if it's someone less skillful than you, yes, you could walk them down. You could do a little more things. But that first round, usually you're throwing feints. You're working your jab. You're just trying to, like you were saying with Steph Curry, you're trying to see that jab step and see what their reaction is. Because if you act wild, you're going to get caught. That's where boxing becomes a science. Every punch that you throw, there's a way to defend it and to throw something off of it. So you got to figure out what your opponent's weaknesses are. You can't just go out there, guns are blazing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it just depends on the skill level and everything. Oh, yeah. No, that makes complete sense. I always wonder because, like I said, like I feel like when people watch fights, they have no idea. They think, like, they think in their head, like, oh, if I was in a bar fight, this is what's about to happen. But it's like, yo, that's, <laughs> that is not If it. you're in a bar fight and someone goes, oh, this is going to happen, and they're going to punch this, <laughs> please, yo, by all means, it. swing all you want. I'll defend, I'll defend. You're going to be tired. You're probably going to be holding your breath. You don't know how to punch regular and breathe at the same time as you're moving. And that's where the skills come in. And, like, you got to work your jab. You got to work this. You got to figure out how he's reacting to this, how he's reacting to that it just all depends on the person's skill level and honestly you could see that within the first maybe 20 seconds 15 Mm. seconds with your when you're with the person the way that they walk the way that they keep their hands how their swag is Mm -hmm. i mean there's just as everyone says there's levels to the game and there always will be stones to the shit bro always bro (laughs) there's too many oh that's fact What's the what's the um like the conditioning like for boxing? So like do you <laughs> always conditioning's like no other, bro. It's it's Yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. So do you always have to be like you always have to be on? So like for like what I mean by this is like when I was playing lacrosse, like I just played lacrosse in the summer, I just played pickup, I did that. I never really like I I mean obviously I'm not college so it doesn't matter anymore, but like I didn't do the conditioning that coaches wanted us to because I'm like I don't need to. I'm already in shape and like playing, I'm fine. <laughs> You're Is in that... trouble, bro. You're in yeah, trouble. okay. So that mindset. Okay, no, well that's well that's why I'm asking cuz like I feel like in in fighting, like I said this to Jeff when you were um upstairs before we started was I feel like fighting is unlike any other sport because in sports you can really things. Like for me, I was always like, okay, I'm taller. I got really long legs. My strides longer. So when we're running sprints, I can rely on those natural gifts and those things. And just like, oh, me playing pickup, me playing pickup lacrosse, me playing pickup basketball, me, you know, going for like little mini runs, just staying in shape in the summertime. I don't need to be doing the conditioning drills because I know I'm going to be conditioned come come like preseason whereas i feel like with fighting it's an even playing field across the board and you have to just grind no matter how good you are and you gotta like like you said earlier you leave that ego at the door and you just gotta keep pushing every single day is that how it is with the conditioning and cardio person to your craft you really have to because like say say i'm taking boxing serious for a week uh this is hypothetically i'm not saying this as as what i do but say if i take boxing serious for a week and then i take a few days off say that week that i'm taking it seriously i'm beating everyone up i'm sparring real well i'm on point um say the next week comes by and i don't do any of my running i guarantee you won't be that same person it's just you you got to stay so dedicated to the craft that if you take one day off that person that is coming to spar you the next day will empty your gas tank quicker than you than you think honestly mm-hmm. 
Is that why people that take off, like, uh, when they get back in it, they usually, like, lose right away? As dumb oh, yeah. as that sounds? I, that they say the ring I, – I – there's a certain I, I believe in ring rust. That's what people will say is ring rust. I believe in ring rust to a certain amount, but I mean you could get rid of ring rust through your training camp and through sparring, getting your timing on time and just all that. But I do believe there is ring rust. Say if you don't spar every not every day, but say you don't spar like twice a week or once a week and you're not doing your efficient training as you should be, putting in the miles, doing your sprints and all that, there there will be a difference. Oh, yeah. No, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, like as um as for me, like uh whenever I have a a fight coming up, like um like my my training style changes. I would you know like run in the morning, like run every um, almost every day, like three three to four miles a day. For let's uh, like what I try to do is I, I try to run like every other every other day, so that I don't you know burn burn my legs out. That's that's if I have a fight coming up. And whenever I don't have a fight coming up, like you know, I, I will relax more because you know my body has to recover. So I wouldn't be in the gym every day. I, I might go to the gym like three, like three times a day, and uh, do something else, you know, but something that's that 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 involves like like cardio and all of that, or something that that that, that, that actually involves boxing, you know. To go off of this, uh, a point that I always hear in boxing, and I'm starting to see it more and more now that I'm in the boxing scene. I know Jeff will agree with me. Um, they always said. You never really want to release sparring footage of, mm-hmm. uh, of yourself because right. I kid you not, like one day you could be good and you could be great. And say you take a week off that like sparring footage doesn't say, oh, this person took a week off and this guy's been in camp the whole time and he's looking sharp and he's doing this. I mean, it's the littlest thing. Say you're not putting in the work and you're not running and someone else is putting in that work exactly. and there's a sparring footage out there. That's why you don't show sparring like that because one person can be technically more sound in shape and all this, and it, it's that goes back to the levels and you got to stay dedicated to the craft. But I mean, if you don't put in the work, you're you're going to be in trouble. I, it, it's hard to say you got to fit because when I first went into boxing, I was kind of like what you said uh, with uh, lacrosse. You could rely on this and you could rely on that, but it's totally different when someone even hits you with a jab to your body and say you're not doing your crunches, say you're not doing 100 crunches or a day or you're not doing your 100 push-ups a day or you're not doing your runs. And one little body jab, that could empty your gas tank more than, let's say, if I was doing 100 crunches a day. The littlest things honestly matter. And the only way to, like, truly experience that is by going through that. It's tough it's tough to say, but that's why you don't like release sparring footage because one person can be so, so on point compared to someone that's just getting back into camp. The littlest things make a difference in boxing. Do you have to be going 24 seven or is it like you only do a camp when like, how, how do I want to say it? It's like when you have a fight coming up, that's the only time you take training serious. Or do you always have No, to you're always taking training seriously. But okay. when you hear you have a camp or you have a fight I coming, if so you put it, yeah, you yeah, put it into so an extra him. gear. Like say you're running only three miles, you're going to make sure you're running four miles or something. You're going to make sure you're doing your sprints. You're going to make sure you're on point so you don't have any flaws during that fight. Yeah. No, because that makes the sense. littlest things matter. Honestly, the littlest things matter. If you don't put in the work, it's going to show. That's a fact. All right. The hottest question of the episode, I've been wondering, who, in both your opinions, it could be, it could be different, who's the best boxer of all time? Of all time. 
it's a, it, yeah, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough question. Um, the best, I mean, there's so many different. Okay, we'll say that. We'll say this. We'll say this. Okay, obviously, I feel like if I said that you witnessed, you're gonna say Mayweather. Aside from Mayweather, because uh, w- w- am I wrong for saying that? That the best you ever witnessed right. is Mayweather. Yeah, you're, 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 realistically, I mean, Floyd is 50, and oh, he is the greatest of all time. What he has done with the belts and how he has done it, and his defense. I don't care what people say, even though they don't like. People like to see you know stand and bang and brawl it all out. But I mean, it comes down to a science, and this man perfected the science. He didn't get hit. I mean, he barely got hit. Yeah, he barely got hit. This man will probably never have CTE. He did it perfectly. So they, Floyd is technically like, the best. Right. Even people might say he's he's a boring fighter, but hey, look at where he's at right now. Yeah, he's, he, he made billions, billions of yeah. boxing. He's a billionaire. Yeah. He's laughing all the way to the bank right now. But <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, literally, he said. All yes. right, then I'll say this. I'll say this. Who are your? Who are your? Each of you. Who are your top three? Oh, perfect. Okay, I, 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 I could start off with my. I, I would say my, my my top three, not of all time, but currently, boxing right now. I would say um, my first, my my top guy would be Shakur Stevenson because be nice. oh my god, yeah, too the, nice. the, the guy is just, he's just he's unbelievable. He's so calm. And- I was Shakur, and um, second, let, let, let me, let me, I would say uh, Gerard uh, Ennis. He's definitely boots. got boots. Boots is different. Not a boots lot of people different. know boots, but nope. if you're hearing this right now, watch. Uh, how do you say his full name? Gerard Ennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gerard, Gerard Boots Ennis. Yeah, watch him. He's an up and coming stud, and this man is going to take over the game. He's, oh, yeah. he's nasty, but keep going. And then um, I would say, well, who else I love watching? Of um, Crawford definitely. So I, I, I guess I'm those are that fight. Him and yeah. Spence, that's oh gonna be God. a great fight. I know. That's those those great. are my top three. I, I was I do have a top five, but those are my, my let top me ask you this, Jeff. Top actually, three. who's your favorite fighter of all time? Like say, like if some like when you asked me this question, John, one of my the of course one of the I'm a heavyweight, so one of the first mm-hmm. people I'm gonna think of is Mike Tyson. You give me a prime Mike Tyson, that killer before he went to jail. I think he'll any man on this planet i don't care if it's from muhammad ali all the way down pound for pound mike was my goat just just how vicious he was and how good he was you want to talk about naturally gifted oh my god when he i heard he it was seriously it was different i heard he was better when he got out of prison because when no. he was in prison when he was in prison, he couldn't fight, so all he did was just work out. And then when he got out of prison, he was no. Um, <laughs> so, be, in my opinion, I think he was better before because right when he got out of prison, he actually ended up fighting Evander Holyfield not too long when he got out of prison. And I think before a prime Mike Tyson would have beat Evander Holyfield within probably five rounds. And Evander Holyfield is one of the most underrated boxers in my opinion but i mean incredible incredible boxer but when mike came out of prison it it played a i mean yes he had some fights where he was good but he wasn't the same mike like before mike went to prison he would walk people down he finished i couldn't tell you maybe 15 in a row in the first round it was unheard of i mean this guy was scary scary Mm mm-hmm Yo, could you imagine being in prison with Mike Tyson, not knowing who he was, and like starting beef with him? So, good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I imagine? No, I couldn't because you would probably be six feet under. Honestly, that man would kill you. He would kill you. Yeah, that is that is too funny. You guys were saying, um, you guys were mentioning it earlier about like the differences between like the promotion and stuff like that. Um, with like the UFC having Venom, and then like boxers can do their own thing and. 
and stuff like that. And I know um, I've heard people that talk about whether it was on Rogan's podcast, I've heard people ask Dana White it, stuff like that. Um, and they were saying that the UFC has exploded and grown so fast because there's one promoter, it's Dana White. There's no independent promoters. You, There's no dodging fighters where there's the – I don't know, so I'm just saying from things I've heard. But some people make the argument that boxing promoters, like they, they dodge certain fighters at certain times and the fights aren't made when they should be made and stuff like that, whereas if the UFC – the baddest guy goes against the baddest guy. And if you don't want to fight, you don't get fights. So is one, is that from your opinion, is that true? And two, um, it, I don't really have a second question. So yeah, is that, tr- is that true? Like in your opinion or, cause it does I, seem like I, in the I, UFC, I UFC on that amount because UFC does do that. There's no ducking and there's no like hiding so away from people because they have the matchmakers and they make the best fight. So that on like a fan standpoint, UFC is always matching the baddest dude with the baddest dudes, but they're not really looking out for the bag of the fighter because they're under so many contracts and so many sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say so many sponsorships they are under like one sole sponsor sponsorship and they sign their basically their life away under that contract base until say if you're in boxing you could that's where you'll say you get 20 fights you could amp up your record a little bit and then you cause the money fight where you're going to make a good like 15 20 million easy on a fight compared to where you're going in there with the best of the best in the ufc i respect ufc and that amount and you're starting to see boxing do that more nowadays it's starting to have like the old school look and that can go to i don't know if that's because yeah But I don't, I don't know if that's because of the new people that are coming into boxing and showing their heads, and it's like, oh, now we got to do this and we got to do that. But I respect UFC on that, where they just face the killers versus killers. Is obviously I'm going to bring it up, Jake Paul. Yeah. What is? <laughs> what yeah, you is? Know, uh, yeah. <laughs> what would you say, Jeff? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. No. So I was going to say. Do you think, like, actually, I don't even know what I'm going to ask, but, like, the rise of Jake Paul, right? And then, obviously, you see the rise of these TikTok – you see the the rise of these TikTok fighters. You see the rise of these YouTube guys, guys that, like, know how to market themselves, know how to make money. Whether you love them, you hate them. I don't know if you can make the argument against Jake Paul being – not being one of the biggest entertainers in the world right now. If you're looking at it objectively, right? Yeah. Now – not being a hater, just a fair observation, just like everyone I like, says. I, like, to go on record, I like Jake Paul, and I, I respect him because he has stepped in the ring, and I think he is bringing more views to boxing. So I don't know how people can really – I mean, I get that it could be for legacy, and it's not the true boxing art and this and that. I mean, Jake Paul has brought so many different eyes to boxing. Now you see uh, – I, today, you sent me, I know you sent me something on Instagram where I think it was uh, Adrian Peterson's now going to be fighting Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's bringing so many different people to the sport. Well, before this, you, you didn't really see different people like this going into the sport. So I think it's good to the sport um, to a certain degree. I really do. I mean, yes, people are going to disagree with me, but he's bringing eyes to the sport. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, at first, but when Jake Paul started uh, his whole uh, boxing campaign. I, I hated him. I was like, what the hell is he doing? He's messing up the score. But I actually, and then now I just, I, I just started, I started to, to, to like him. I, I honestly, um, 
the guy, he's he's making. I'm not gonna. He's making buku bucks. Buku bucks. Buku bucks. Congrats, me, yeah, congrats, congrats to him. Let me say this though, before we talk about Jake Paul, Jake Paul is uh, he's a good fighter. He's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say this: he's on the amateur level. And say if Jake Paul fought someone in his weight class at 190 in the yes. amateur level, he wouldn't be a top 25 amateur fighter. He would not make the national Golden Gloves. I don't think he is on that level yet. So, I mean, that just shows the levels. But I like how he's bringing all the eyes. But people can't forget that he is avoiding true boxers. And so, fighting, he's fighting Tommy Fury. Yeah, that, yes, yes. I, I respect him for, for, for actually uh, uh, wanting to uh, – to fight Tommy Fury. I respect him think- too, but he's smart. He's smart on a business level because Tommy Fury only had four amateur fights, and now he only has about amateur and professionally, he probably only has about 10 fights, so mm-hmm. he knows what he's picking. He's mm-hmm. not picking a dude that has 100 amateur fights or is a highly decorated amateur. This man just went right into the pros just because of his name, and he mm-hmm. could build his name up just like what we were talking about, but he's not like... Tommy Fury's good, but... He- I still think Tommy Fury boxes on an amateur level. I really do. So if if Jake Paul was facing someone that had like a hundred and something fights, and I know Jeff can talk about this because Jeff has buku amount of amateur fights, and that just shows you can see with the skill level and levels how good he is. I, I, how many fights do you have, Jeff? Uh, amateur fights, uh, one hundred and four. Damn, what? Yeah, bro, it's yeah. different. Oh, when yeah. you even look at Ryan Garcia, as much as people don't like to, I don't. I'm not a huge Ryan Garcia fan. I think he's in the top five of his weight class, but he's definitely not in my top three of that weight class. But if you look at him, or if you look at Devin Haney in these, or if you look at Tiafimo Lopez, mm-hmm. you look at Gervonta Davis, these people have over 50 amateur fights. Even Canelo. Oh, all yeah. these people oh, have over so many amateur fights because you got to get your losses and you got to learn and you got to get your experiences through amateur. Some of these people, like Jake Paul, I respect them because he's learning on the fly and stuff, but he's not facing the biggest killer in Tommy Fury. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> let it kill. Like, don't let people kid yourself just because his name's Fury doesn't make him a killer. He's oh, yeah, still so untechnically me. sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get a jump up, it's a jump up, but the kid's a smart businessman. He went from Tyron Woodley, who had probably no amateur boxing. He fought in the and, and people out of his weight class. Oh, yeah. That's why I always say if he fights someone in like a, yeah, I wish, I wish there's someone from uh, Niagara Falls. That's actually like, top i want to say he's number five right now in the amateurs nationally um i am not going to say his name yeah yeah but, you know, know. and uh i would love to see jake paul get worked by him just because it's like jake paul wouldn't stand a chance versus these top 20 amateurs you could go on google or you could go on youtube and type in like try to find the top 25 national amateur boxers and you could see the skill level difference and there's a reason why he's ducking these people and he's facing people that have mma experience don't have the pure boxing experience very tired yeah, yeah bro honestly he's picking people way way classes below him but don't get me wrong i mean he's doing good but he's he's not leveling up as much as i would like to see him like his recent sparring videos and his recent pad hittings i don't see him like he made it to a certain level but it's like, yo, you need to get some amateur fights in. And his trainer, BJ Flores, will be the first one to say it, that he never had amateur experience, and amateur experience is the most highly sought-out thing, and it's something you need to do. But in his camp, he's saying that his sparring is more like amateur fights, and they're doing more sparring to get the amateur under his system. But there's just levels, bro. Lots so when 
so when him and his brother Logan, when they talk about how, like I heard Logan the other day on the Nelk Boys podcast, he said that yeah, I could be wrong because I was half listening, but um, I'm pretty sure he said that if he was to box um, Patty the Batty, that dude in the UFC, he would beat him. So do you think that that's all a marketing ploy when they say that shit, or they like actually could? Well, here we go again with the Paul brothers saying this. Patty the Batty fights at 155. Logan Paul walks around probably about 215. <laughs> yeah. Right. Two, oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So that's them being marketing geniuses. Patty the Batty is one of the people that everyone loves. He's a scouser, and he doesn't get knocked out. Yo, my man's going to get knocked <laughs> out with his chin up in the air. It's going to happen. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really it reminds is. reminds me of... Uh, 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 Charm, from, you know that, that kid from, from Naruto, the, the one, the one ninja kid. Which one? Bro- Bro- Brock Lee or Bruce Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee? No, no, no not Bruce, Bruce Lee. Bruce. Oh, you, you watch Naruto, right? No. Fuck, you don't watch Naruto? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> no. from, from a karate guy. Never mind, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm off topic. But, but no, yeah. no, we're never off topic. Oh, we're flowing. <laughs> we're no, flowing. we're letting it. We're letting it flow. So, like the what I what I always wonder is like. Do you think that these? Do you think that it is a detriment to the sport of boxing? How these YouTubers and TikTok fighters who are really not fighters, like like like, I, well, first of all, I'm not saying they're not fighters compared to me because they would fucking sleep me because I don't box. But um, facts compared, no. <laughs> compared to like <laughs> compared to like 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 Jeff, like if you obviously if you were to fight one of these YouTuber TikTok fighters, you'd sleep them. No, no, Whoa. like no doubt. But do you think that it threatens the sport of boxing? Because now you have these kids that are like amateurs and aren't the best, but they're marketing geniuses, like stealing the bag. Or like, what is like the, like, what is like your thought on like the whole that on the business side of boxing? You think it's smart? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Like what's like, what's the vibe with actually like box? Honestly, bro, I am not going to lie to you. I can, if, if, if like a a YouTuber offered me to to fight him for a million dollars, honey, just to fight him for a million dollars. Bro, I'm taking that shit. Yeah, they they would never do that though because they know they're smart. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, is it does it is it like does it make a mockery of boxing or is it good yeah, for boxing? I, I would say in a way it's, it's 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 a big mockery because like uh um uh, like real boxers like we've been fighting our life. You know, we went from from the amateur amateur stage to going to the nationals and turning pros. Like turning pros is the most hardest part. So you you you, you might you might be boxing for like ten. You've been pro for like ten years and you wouldn't even make close to the amount that uh, all these YouTubers are making, which, which is ridiculous, bro. It's, 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 a, it's a mockery, too, because, I mean, bro, is it like with Jake, I mean, like I was saying, he's an amateur boxer, and, like, you'll never see him fight these people. And to, like, a regular fan, um, you see Jake Paul knocking out all these dudes, and now people are like, Oh, Jake Paul is the baddest person. He'll knock out this guy and he'll knock out that guy. And it's like, okay, that's a mockery to boxing because real boxers and real fighters know the levels to the game. But like you were saying before, since you haven't boxed, like you don't, I mean, you, you see it, but you don't see it to like a boxer's eye. So like most people in this world don't box. So they're going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, this kid's knocking out everyone. He's going to beat this guy. And it's like, bro, just step foot in the gym. Like, there's a reason why Jake isn't sparring highly sorted-out amateurs or isn't sparring very top-level professional boxers. He's he's fighting, he's sparring, like, Mike Perry. He's fighting all these leftover garbage MMA fighters, you know? Well, it's funny, though, because, like, that's the thing, right? Like, and I think people stole 
and again, this is just me observing from afar, not really knowing what the hell I'm talking about, is it looks like people stole McGregor's thunder of like how McGregor was like, oh, I'm not, like when he was talking that noise against Jose Aldo and he's like, I'm knocking your ass out in 10 seconds and he slept him in seven. Like he was like he was talking and then he was actually doing it. So you think that they're trying to like replicate that or they're just being smart marketers or like well, a they're, they're being smart marketers. McGregor, I mean, that guy was different at 145. He really was. And he said what and he, he, he backed up what he said with Jose Aldo. He saw something in Jose Aldo that no one else really saw. I didn't think Jose Aldo was going to be, be beaten for a while. And McGregor went out and did that. I was, I was shocked, but I mean, He's like we said. He's been boxing amateurly, and he's he's a, he's a real fighter. And like, uh, it's that that's kind of uh, it's that's a tough one. Okay, okay, yeah, no, because I was I was wondering because like you said, everything social media nowadays, everything's true. Everything like you know, like people don't just don't know unless you're actually in it. Yeah, um, yeah you don't. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, don't forget the uh, butcher's uh, coming, the, baby. The butcher coming. <laughs> But how hey, did it? No, don't. Hey, listen, listen. I gotta, I gotta tell you is he also got a song with Drake. Shh. Ooh, I like no that. I like no that. Way. Listen, <laughs> I don't. Listen. You what your listen. mouth, man? Yeah, you made <laughs> Yo, is this? Yo, is this? And listen, is that? A, is that? A, is that an exclusive on the pod? You're dropping hey, that. Hey, what? What? what you I leave heard it, it at that. Let's leave it at that. You okay, heard it. Okay. Okay. Now, listen. You got me excited, and I know anyone that listens to this is gonna say I'm corny. Is probably gonna clown me. I'm probably gonna get chirped by the boys. I think Drake's at that level where it's just like it's. Uh, Anything he well, I can't say that because of the last album. The last album was kind of suspect. He produces but, gold, even if it's yeah, not his type of like, music, he like, produces gold. Yeah, like he just puts out, he just puts out. It's like that TikTok. He just put out Jeff, anything. He just went to house music, and people are jamming. I'm not gonna lie. Bro, the hood's jamming out to his house music. That's what I'm saying. His previous album was was mainly like like club music, like high end club music. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He know what he's doing. No, hundred percent. His album is like is is like is like high end, like like. Top club music, private club music. It's not Drake. That's not Drake. It's not Drake. No. Well, do you ever see that TikTok? Do you ever see that TikTok where it was just like how like uh, Drake stands beat and it's like it's like quiet and then you just hear Drake's voice go yep and then it's the dude the whoever it is is like oh classic classic. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's like little way back in the day. You hear the lighter flick and you're like oh yeah this is a jam bro this is a jam this is my tune right here. That's all you need. It's a flick and a lighter. That's it. Yep. Oh, it's a jam. That's, that's it. a bang. That's that's it. Yeah, that is so funny, dude. It's even funnier though because you like listen back to those old Wayne songs and you're like, yo, I was bumping this in like fifth, sixth grade, and oh, you have no, yo, you have no business. Wayne Carter four, baby. Mm-hmm. You have and you have no business listening to it when you're that young. <laughs> you have no words. Like, yeah, this is fire. I, I come from like a good family, like not in the hood or anything. I'm bumping little bumping Wayne. That shit. <laughs> That's a fact. Fifth grader, like the whitest of the white dudes. You be like, shit, I relate to them. I relate to them. I start making scenarios in my head. (laughs) Yo, that is, yo, that's like the song you have with Birdman. Make it rain. And you're like, yo, that's me. And it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, bro, I'm broke as hell. I'm sitting on making rain, though. Yo, that is so, yeah. You're sitting in the, you're sitting in your house in a cul-de-sac. Like, yo, mom, that's me. And it's like, it's not. (laughs) Like, it's really not. Really not. Not. Everything spoon fed to you. Like, what are you talking about, young man? Yeah, that, <laughs> that is too funny. 
All right. So like one thing that like, I'm just curious about, I don't know if you could speak on it or not. You obviously, um, you have a relationship with Benny the Butcher, who's we were just talking about big time artists in Buffalo from the relationship you have with him. Has he been in your ear or at least from being around him? Have you been able to pick up on some like business moves or like things that you, or like, have you thinking differently about, okay, I'm eventually going to get to a point where I can't box anymore. I need to be smart with my money. I need to be smart. I, you have a kid, like you mentioned, I need to, you know, be able to take care of um, my kid. So have you been around in any rooms or situations with them? You don't need to speak on it because people don't need to know the, the, you know, the personal details of it, but have you learned some business things from him that had you not been around him, you don't know if you necessarily would have learned until you were maybe a little bit older in life? Like I, I, I learned, I learned. Like I, I, I kind of, I learned a couple of steps. You know, I hanging out with Benny. Um, the most thing that I learned, like being around Benny, is like even though it doesn't matter um how much money that he has, like he really doesn't show it. You know, he like he tries to not tries, but he actually hides it. You know, like he he blends in with us. If you get like no, no, I know exactly what you're saying because I've, I've like I've never spoke to him, but I've seen him so many times at 500 just chilling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like out in the open, as if like yeah, as if he's like a nobody. He's just like out in the open hanging out. No, that makes complete sense. Yeah, he is. He is the most like like welcoming person that like that there is. He's gonna welcome you with 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 open hands, bro. He's he he. Benny's taught me a lot. I'm like a lot of you, bro. No, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I always wonder. I always wonder yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, I remember a video that Benny posted actually on his story not too long ago. It was like, I don't want to hear how good you are at something. Mm-hmm. I want to see uh, you be about that action, or I want to see how hard you work. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You want to be the most successful person. Work at it. Tell me how good you are at working at stuff like that. I don't know Benny at all, but I from that I learned just from that that just shows Joe know with success he is at and how much he truly works. And I know Jeff has gone to the studio with him. And I mean, this, this man seems to be in the studio all the time. Oh my gosh, all bro. All the time. He could be after From, a night out or something. And next thing you know, he's at he's the, in the studio, studio working. That that's a grind. Working, bro. Working from, 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 from midnight to like six in the morning. Like that, that grind right there pushing me. I remember uh, my very first time actually um hanging out with him in the studio. Like, uh, like the way he was doing his music, he yo he 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 didn't have a pen or a pencil, bro. Everything just came from the top of, the, of his head. He was going, I guess he was doing like a feature with a uh, with an uh an Italian artist. He was one of the biggest Italian uh, artists out in, in in Italy. The guy made that. He wrote his verse like within the first like 20, 30 minutes, no paper. All memory, all from the head. I was, yeah, I was impressed. I was like, wow, this, this guy is, this guy's brilliant. That just shows, like, I don't know, Benny, but like, when it's push time to cut, like, when push, that I can't even speak right now, John, we're cutting that. <laughs> when push comes to shove, though, but Benny, Benny puts on his game face and he works. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Well, that's the thing. That's what separates, like, if you've ever been around people that are actually, like, elite at what they do, it, it comes down to the work. A lot of people, I don't know if it's because of social media, but a lot of people think like, like you just, shit gets sprung onto you. Like you just woke up and you're like, okay, I'm this guy. It's like, no, no he knows it don't how work to like that. that switch. Oh, no, that's that switch. 100%. No, 100%. Because there's been people, 
I'm gonna cut that, but no, hundred percent, yeah, hundred. No, I'm saying I'm gonna cut what I watch. Just watch your mouth. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Or maybe actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it in. I like I like fucking up and then letting it be, but whatever. Yeah, um, we're only human out here. Yeah, take, you know, first take how we doing out here. World. Yeah, Please you know, we're 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 in our call the sex bumping Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, no, not Lil Wayne anymore. We're bumping Benny. Yeah, yeah that's, that's family true. out here. Exactly. Well, so, it's yeah. it's it's funny. Like you see the rise of his music in Buffalo. Like oh everyone's slapping at. There's people that like bump his music that don't even know who he is, and if they saw him out, they would have no clue. Oh yeah. There's something about <laughs> Buffalo and their sports, and just like if someone comes from Buffalo, all the fans love. It's just a blue collar city, and everyone just loves their their sports. It's crazy. It's the best, in my opinion, it's the best, most welcoming city out there. It's this. this the city, I say it's the city with brotherly love. I know that's Philly, but I mean, it's the city of good neighbors, and that's a fact. I mean, everyone supports everyone around here. And look at, like, look at the Bills' success. I mean, just oh my God. how many people are now <laughs> behind many, it. Right, right. Uh, even it's even back road. in the day with my cousin, uh, who was the boxer, I, they called him the third franchise. They loved them. They just love people that come from Buffalo and are successful. Buffalo people love Buffalo people. There's mm-hmm. just something about it where it's blue collar. We've been through it. Everyone's been through it. People know this. People know that. It's just it's just a great city. It really is. Yeah, no. Well, that's like, dude, look how crazy people go for the bandits. Yeah, honestly. Oh we, any sport, bro, any sport that comes to Buffalo, it's popping. You could look at even when yo when Toronto came to Buffalo and played it was the Toronto Bison, Blue Jays. Yes, it was the Buffalo Blue, Blue Jays, bro. Buffalo it was the Buffalo Blue Jays, and we we were selling we out those that. games every single every game. Single we were selling game. them out every game. Why do why do you think people go so hard? Well, okay, well not people that aren't from here, but why do you think people here go so hard for Buffalo? Because it's something um, we could look forward to. It's I mean. I mean, Buffalo's not the most glamorous city out there. You're not going to have, like, Miami lifestyle or stuff like that, even though the clubs do stay open until 4 o'clock. It's just blue collar, and we get the grit, and we know the grind, and we've been through it. It's it's Nothing's given to us in Buffalo. we got to take everything in Buffalo, and every Buffalo person that comes up is that blue collar mentality, and mm-hmm. we all adapt to that. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Buffalo Blue Chase. Yo, Buffalo would be crazy if they had a – MLB team. Yo, they were believe it or not, the Bison's uh um they're they were supposed to be an MLB team. If you go to the Bison Stadium right now and you see the third level, it's covered by I wanna say it's like the roof, but those were actually third level row seats because they were gonna have a professional team here. They should have one here. They should have honestly. One. You know, you or know basketball mean, team. Yeah, basketball team. Bring back the Buffalo Braves, bro. Fuck yeah, bro, honestly. We need Man. Yo, I bro, said Pagula's where we at. Come on, right. Terry, talk to me bro. nicely. We need a little more. You've done amazing for the city, but we just need a little bit more. We'll support it like no other. We'll support it like no other. Before, because we're gonna start, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. I have one last question for the both of you. But before I get to that, tell me how honest opinion. Do you think this is a good idea or not? So you know how the LA Clippers they wear the Buffalo Braves jerseys. Yes. Yeah. How about every time they wear those jerseys, and say it's like five times a year, give or take, yep. they play in Buffalo. You cannot tell me that the Clippers would not sell out the it, it, it would be sold out so many months before. Like, it would Are be, you crazy? Yeah, it, would be, it, would be, it would never – I don't think it would happen, but, yeah, the games would be so sold out. The, Buffalo has the best fan base, and it's been proven over and over again. I, like, just go to footage, go to votes, anything. Buffalo has – 
the most loyal fans. We've just been through it. That goes through <laughs> it. We went to 17 straight playoff, or we didn't go to 17 straight years in a row. We didn't have a playoff, but we were selling out the stadium every, every single time. Every single every time. Every single time. We were selling out the stadium, even though the Buffalo Bills suck. Everyone loves <laughs> their Bills around here. Everyone loves Bill their Bills to death. Yes. Yeah, it is funny though because if the Saber, I could, I don't pay attention to the Sabers until they win. But the Bills could go zero and sixteen at eight a.m. Catch me tailgating. <laughs> yo, that's a fact. Yo, even we with the Sabers, yeah. yo, we got the Sabers right now. They didn't even. I mean, they're hopefully they're on the up right now, and they didn't have the best year. But Rick Jenneret had his one night where we were retiring his. Uh, he doesn't have a jersey, but we retired RJ. That place was sold out. We support people from around here. Even though he's not from here, he was just Buffalo. That man is Buffalo, and we support him. Even though the Sabres weren't that great, that game was sold out. Yeah. No, it was – yeah, it was his last game that he called, and then yes. it was – it was the last game that he called, and then it was the last game – it was it was the last home game he was at, but I don't think he even called, and that game sold out too. Yes, since since we're we're on on this uh, retirement um topic, let's talk about my gosh, this, um Brian Fitzpatrick. He wants to retire, right? And guess where he wants to retire in Buffalo, right? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. See, yo Buffalo. He has, said, has, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, if you and you see Fitzy too, Fitzy even knows like yeah. at the playoff game, him without his shirt on, yeah. and cheering. And if you ask Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who the best fans are, he'll say Buffalo. There's just something about Buffalo. You just got to come to it to see it. Everyone's so welcoming. One of my best friends from Florida, he's a Miami Dolphins fan through and through. I mean, absolutely through and through. And I was like, bro, come to a Bills game. I know you're not going to like it as much because it's the Bills, but I was like, you're just going to love the atmosphere and how welcoming people are. He went to a Bills tailgate, and then I took him to the game. He said it was like an experience he has never even experienced before in his life. And he has gone to high-level D1 schools, played football at high-level D1 school. I mean, he has gone to Clemson, South Carolina. He knows the college atmosphere and all this. And he says that is the closest thing, but even better than a college atmosphere, is in Buffalo. That is uh, one of one of my roommates in college. His one of his best friends came up to Buffalo for the weekend. We all went to a Bills game and stuff. But before, like, we did the whole thing. Like, he was he got he came in town on Friday. Um, he came in town on Friday, uh, and then Saturday we went out, went downtown, and then after downtown, went to the Bills game Saturday. Tailgated all day, one o'clock game. And he literally was just, we were asking, we're like, yo, what was your opinion of that? Like a weekend in Buffalo. And he was just like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but that was a war zone. He goes, I've never experienced some shit like that before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> He's just like, you guys just go hard at every turn for no reason. And he's for like, no Is reason. It you guys just, yeah. That's how we are. He's like, you guys are and he goes, you guys drink like. <laughs> We're like degenerates it's going out of in a style. great way. We're degenerates in a great way. No, hundred percent. So, uh, last question. I always end. I always end the podcast this way. I always ask people because it's to me it's interesting. Um, Joe, I'll start with you, and then I'll go to Jeff. So, obviously, you know, as you grow up, you experience a lot of things. You do a lot of things, not just both mentally, physically, and then just in life itself. If you could go, if you could meet eighteen-year-old Joe today, what would you tell him? Wow, that's a heavy 
question. Um, it could be, it could be, it could be a piece of advice. It could be a sentence. It could be something funny. Like it is whatever you would say. Be positive. Keep your head up and keep grinding. Nothing, nothing is going to go as planned. Uh, keep staying, keep staying true to yourself. Uh, don't ever switch. Be real. Everyone else is taken. Be, be yourself and be positive because being positive is so so effective compared to being negative uh positivity is just it's it's catchy it's it's i would just tell myself just to keep being positive and even though everything doesn't go as planned just keep on grinding and no matter what i i like to look for hopefully good karma um i believe in karma to the fullest level and i like to think no matter what everything happens for a reason just keep pushing and for me, since it's the last question, I gotta say this: Watch your mouth. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, but but listen, what are you trying to rap on us this early, bro? No. <laughs> but, but okay, all seriousness, but Joe, Joe, Joe definitely all covered everything that I was gonna say. But uh, what I would tell myself is, since I was eighteen back back in college, oh yeah, I think I was in college. Yeah, I was. I was. Man, bro, honestly. I would invest my money in fucking in, in bitcoins, bro. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> yeah, you know no, why, bro? Not, you know do why? Do not say anything else. Do not say no, anything else. No, I'm so Just serious. I'm pissed right now. Because literally, like when when I was in college, right? Uh, every I was I, I was in my micro um economics class, right? This students, uh, this group of students was, was talking about Bitcoin. That was when Bitcoin was like hundred and fifty dollars. Mind you, I bought four. But and then I made a good profit, and it went up. It went up to like uh seven hundred dollars. I sold it. I, I should have kept it, bro. I, I'm I'm pissed. Right now. I'm pissing my pants. Well, yo, the market the market crashed, so you're good right now. But no, yo, I, I would have been. Bitcoin, oh, trust me, not, not with, with Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin not with Bitcoin. Up. It doesn't matter because I guarantee you, if if, if I, I would have been took my money out before it crashed. When so when when did you like when you bought it? What did you buy it for? Um. You know, um, it was I, I bought it at you know, uh, it was like I think it was like two hundred, two fifty, two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Yo. I, I, I bought like 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 five coins back then. Right, so, <laughs> you yeah, um, well, what's crazy is that at one point it was up to like thirty thousand. <laughs> Yo, even more. I want to say it was up to like forty two almost, bro. Okay, Ooh, that's it was, what it was I was... up sixty, bro. Yeah, it's it's it was it, up sixty you know, k a coin. It's, it's just like just imagine a few money. Oh my gosh, bro! I would have been good right now. I, I could have probably had a Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo, that is the best way. Yo, listen, the first the first episode back in almost a year, and that is the best way to end it. So, fellas, I greatly appreciate you for doing this, and uh, we're definitely gonna get it going again soon. Thank you, bro, for having us. It's a, it's truly an honor. I really appreciate it, John. Honestly. Yes, sir. Hey, Jeff. Yep. Still there. I'm still here. He's going to say, here. watch your mouth. How'd you know? No, yeah, no, 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 no. You think I, we're listen. dumb? Yo, you, you, you no. can't fool a fool, brother. No, I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, lower your voice. No need to yell. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Uh, All right, fellas. Cuisine. Cuisine. Everyone's cuisine. a cuisine here. Everyone's cousin. <laughs> Manja. 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 Manja.